Jumping in on Manx Radio with Howard and Chris Kane. Hello, good evening, and welcome. And it is Saturday night once again at nine o'clock here at Max Radio, probably a lot of other places as well. It can only mean one thing, it is jumping in the best in modern and contemporary jazz with H and Chris as well. And of course, a bit of a special this evening. Yes, we welcome along to this week's show, Too Many Easter Eggs, I second, I reckon, as we catch up with saxophonist Trish Clues as she sets off on an album launch tour with a fantastic My Iris Band. But before that, as we all prepare our eggs for rolling, race our ducks and hunt for our Easter bunnies, what extraordinary sounds have you been rolling this week, H? Have you buddied up and are all your ducks in a row? Well, we uh, might dip into a little bit of uh, Masabumi Kikuchi, his uh, final studio album, and I'll stay with the Japanese theme if we've got time with a bit of a uh, Thomas Fujiwara. And from me, we take our time, we look into the distance, there's a nip in the air, and before all that, we spring into step with Dancer in Nowhere from Miho Hazama, M-Unit.
dancer in nowhere. The title track from Mio Hosama and uh, M Unit's earlier album. We have previously featured her with her current imaginary visions with the Danish radio big band. She's also the permanent guest conductor for the Metropole Orchestra and associate director of the New York Jazz Harmonic. Following steps of great names like Vince Mendoza as a composer and conductor, her earlier M Unit was a 13-piece band with some great names like Steve Wilson on Altho, Jonathan Powell on trumpet, James Ship on the vibes, Sam Alling on bass and Lionel Luique on guitar. Very nice indeed. I'm staying with a sort of a, a Japanese theme uh, this evening to a degree, along with Trish Clues, who isn't Japanese, of course, just in case you're wondering. Uh, but yeah, Masabumi Kikuchi Poo, as he was known, uh, a quirky, no, I know it wasn't to everyone's taste, a quirky piano player, one of those piano players, jazz piano players that ploughed his own furrow and just went his own way regardless of what anyone else thought. By the end, I'm told there was only Paul Motion who'd actually hired him. Uh, he died a few years ago, but um, I always rather liked it. Very sparing, very spacious, almost like he's thinking about each note sometime, but uh, none the worse for that. His last album was the final studio recording on a lovely Steinway Grand called Hanamichi. Here's his version, or one of his versions, he does a couple of takes on this album, of My Favourite Things. Thank you. 
Lovely. Lots of space, lots of air. Lovely Steinway Grand recorded there in his final final studio album, Hanamichi Masabumi Kikuchi. And yeah, I know, I know there'll be some saying, nah, nah, not for me at all. And I get that. It's it's not the sort of jazz or playing which is going to appeal to everyone, as I say. But he basically went along his own way throughout his career. But you listen to some of the albums, some of the stuff with Paul Motion, Sunrise, uh, the album that you did, I think the last thing Paul Motion played on, or uh, any of the Tethered Moon albums, and they do become addictive after a while. Wonderful stuff. It is uh, jumping in, Chris and myself, H, or H and myself, H, as I said earlier on, I think, or something along those lines. <laughs> and Chris uh, and Very myself, good Chris. indeed. And uh, we said it was a bit of a special, because uh, we're now going to have a chat with saxophonist Trish Clues. And, well, yes, a favourite here on Jumping In. Uh, We've met several times in London and uh, had a nice chat. Wonderful saxophonist, musician and uh, doctor, as she now is. She is indeed. Indeed, yes. No slouch she. A new album out, and I keep getting the title wrong. It's called View With A Room. You've got to get that right. Um, View With A Room. It's with her long-time band, A Different Sound as I put to her when we spoke to her on the phone a couple of days ago. Yeah, which hopefully is the right way around. Um, so when everything all went quiet and still and isolated uh, a couple of years ago, um, I was just about to um, go on a little tour with those guys. And so I put out a sort of um, self-released album of live stuff that we'd just sort of done in the last few months, just because it seemed like a nice thing to do. So... Um, so I kind of did that, and um, in the meantime, you know, everyone was just sort of um, at a loss for, you know, you couldn't really hope, you couldn't, you couldn't really, I, I really struggled to be excited about doing stuff again because it was just too painful because you just, <laughs> just didn't know when you were going to get to do it again. So I kind of initially, I got asked to do a couple of things um, by people, which was nice, but I also uh, did uh, some of my own things off my own bat as well, so I did some solo uh, instrument writing which was nice to have the opportunity to use my time to do that and gradually I sort of started writing bits of things sort of with my band in mind but again not really knowing when we were going to get to do anything and then as sort of live streaming opportunities started appearing like a few months down the line I just sort of started throwing I mean obviously uh, no one could really see each other except for when you were inverted commas working so um <laughs> So I didn't really have any time to rehearse or do any of that kind of stuff. So what I did was just write a tune and, you know, if we were doing a stream, I'd bring it to a, a sort of sound check when you were meant to be checking all the levels and just sort of shoehorn it into the set. And cutting a long story short, by the time we got to the beginning of last year, or like, a you know, spring last year, I kind of realised that I had an album's worth of material. So... That's how it came together. <laughs> that very exciting indeed. Now, of course, you weren't just sitting on your hands busy composing. You also became Dr. Clues uh, during your lockdown, didn't you, really? I think that's, uh, <laughs> I, did, yeah. I remember you talking right. about the amount of work you were having to get through. And it was a, a great part of that, I think, was the other project you have with your own uh, festival and uh, touring around Emulsion. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, yeah, so my PhD was sort of, um, it, was, it was actually um, quite... <laughs> quite fortuitous because I was at that stage where I needed to write up everything and I was really struggling I was just so busy with other things I was really struggling to actually Mm -hmm. do it so when lockdown started I was like 
I mean, obviously it was awful, but it was also like, okay, so I just basically shut myself away, you know, for the first month and I was just kind of finishing that. And um, and so I kind of, it was kind of quite weird, like the start of lockdown, because I kind of felt into, I wasn't really going through all the stuff everybody else was doing, like home baking and <laughs> all those sorts of things, because I was just trying to desperately get this thing done. So yeah, so that's uh, that was right right at the beginning. Although that seems like a long, long time ago now. And then yeah, it was just like having elastic band release. So I, I think a lot of the reason why I started writing so much was just because I I hadn't really had my own time. You know, I'd been doing a PhD, so it was just so nice to have time to write and stuff as soon as I'd finished that. You know, the thesis bit kind of off. So that was that. And then emulsion. Um, yeah, I've been running. I sort of realised when I was emailing someone the other day that it's basically 10 years since the first one and it's so when was the last one we did in 2019 so the autumn just before covid hit and yeah it's changed loads um since i started it obviously and i've always run it in a sort of year-to-year kind of way anyway so there's i don't put any pressure on myself um in terms of what it should be at all Yeah, I mean, I did quite a lot of things with it whilst I was doing my PhD, and my PhD was really kind of an excuse to (laughs) make some interesting things happen. Um, (laughs) Tell us a little bit about um, the the, the writing process for the the new album, because I was saying, do you write with sort of parts in mind, thinking, oh, Chris could do this, James could do that? Does that sort of work that way, or or do you just sort of write from the head and, you know, it's a case of write, make of this what you will? I guess both, yeah. I mean, obviously, definitely knowing people really well, knowing they're playing really well, is really helpful and I kind of embrace that in my writing as well so just like and that's always been the way you know like I'll write things in response to things that they're interested in um and I could sort of say that about most of my tunes you know like if I mean I'm not going to do that because it would take ages but I could like tell you precisely where their influences and ideas kind of come into to it um but yeah of course obviously there are also things where I'm kind of dreaming up and go like oh it'd be really cool if um and Save was playing that kind of thing so it's, it is a, it is both but I mean I guess like the brilliant thing about improvised music is that when you kind of get on the stage um it's then sometimes I think it's actually easier for them than it is for me to play my music because it's like they don't have the baggage of having written it so they can just <laughs> get stuck in
course, uh, Chris Montague and, and uh, James have been with you right back since Tangent yeah. days, haven't they? Going back quite a long yeah. way. And uh, even yeah. back then in 2010, you were still writing large ensemble as well as small group work. And uh, indeed, going on to your New Generation BBC Award, you uh, got a commission then, I think, to write for the con- BBC Concert Orchestra. So do you like actually larger scale work? Because you've always involved strings or worked with string players outside of uh, this sort of core group as well. Do you like a big piece to write as a challenge or do you get more out of dissolving into little small tight group uh, improvisation? Yeah, I mean, in terms of like, it's pretty hard to beat you know the in terms of like before you know playing um it's pretty hard to beat um the sort of intimacy that you get from playing in a small group like when it's really tight especially you know now that i've had kind of the luxury of finding like a really great lineup that i've been able to work with for a number of years because you just get to a certain you know like it's it's kind of takes things to a new level for what you feel you can do there's an empathy on stage yes so it's pretty hard to beat that, um, if I'm honest. Um, it's kind of, um, it's really interesting working with orchestras. I've been doing, I've just done a piece for like a chamber orchestra, which is different again, because it's kind of got those sorts of sounds, but it's a much smaller, and that's, that. it feels easier to get that sort of, um, with less people, because it's just a people thing, you know, it's like a number of people thing. Just very difficult when you've got like a crazy amount of people on stage to get everyone kind of totally, and especially with the way that orchestral schedules work over here, you know, it's like you never have enough rehearsal time and sure. all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, but having said that, I really enjoy, you know, as you were asking, like I really enjoy the challenge of it. There's a real sort of um, thought about the environment, climate change as well. Is that something, sort of the environment, climate change, very, very current issues, are they sort of issues which inspire some of your music? Um, I just think all that space that everyone had to reflect on things, it was just very present in people's minds, wasn't it? And just seeing the effects of um, people not being around and how that really freed up wildlife, unsurprisingly, to um, come back to cities or, you know, all, all these sorts of things that normally everybody's too busy to to sort of think about but that's all it was really it wasn't really like a plan to <laughs> to raise these issues it just sort of happened <laughs> well speaking of being in your own space a view with a room is out on the road again with the album launch coming up uh april 23rd at the wigmore hall where you were actually chosen as an associate artist back in 2020 i think and a new move on to dave douglas's green leaf music how did that come about so when I'd kind of put it together and I was kind of, you know, I was thinking about putting it out myself with all kinds of things that I was thinking about. And I was just chatting to um, another musician, um, Nick Smart, who runs um, the Academy Jazz Course, as it happens. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and he knows Dave Douglas really well. Um, well, you know, um, they're on different, different sides of the country, but they've done like a lot of things together. And... I was just telling him about the records and he was like, oh, well, you know, he might be interested in that is Dave Douglas. So he introduced us kind of, I have, I did meet Dave actually like years and years ago and sort of almost in passing at a gig because I went to go and check out his sound prints band um, with Joe Lovano at mm. Ronnie's. Um, but yeah, he sort of, Nick just introduced us and I sent over the music and Dave had a listen and he was up for putting it out. So um, that's what happened. But that was kind of like, you know, uh, autumn last year, so not that long ago, so it was quite a fast turnaround kind of getting everything. 
understand. Ter- terrific yeah. stuff. It's a thoroughly enjoyable album. A, I keep calling it a room, the view, a view with the room. Yeah. <laughs> Better get it the right, get it the right way around. A view <laughs> with the room. It is out. I think uh, CD digital, as Chris says, on Greenleaf on the twenty second of April. We wish you the very best of luck with it. Uh, hopefully. You can enjoy touring again. We're back out and hopefully things uh, can only get better, as they say. And maybe you could choose a track to uh, play us out, a track from the new album. Amber. Right. Amber and, it and is. And Amber's for Amber Bauer, who is the CEO of um, Donate for Refugees, so that seems quite appropriate, doesn't it? Thanks, you too. <laughs>
Amber from Trish Clue's new album, A View with a Room, with her regular... Got it right, woo I got it right. I, I was quite, quite excited about that. Uh, Chris Montague, uh, Russ Stanley, Mr. Hammond Organ UK, wonderful and a great pianist as well. And uh, also, of course, James Madron on the drums, one of the smiley drummer brigade rather than the sort of grim-faced drummer. He always has a smile on his face, it seems to me, James, when he's playing. Always nice to see. Terrific stuff. The album's out, like I said, at the end of this month. Uh, and hopefully they'll be touring live with that as well. Excellent stuff. And they thanks very are... much indeed to Trish for a lovely chat. It was fantastic. And she is indeed on tour. And I think you can actually catch them in Liverpool, if you are so minded, uh, this month later on. Next from me, another lively, alive performance from Greek composer, conductor and educator Stavrov Lancias and his trio live at St Paul's Anglican Church in Athens with As Far As Your Eyes Can See. Thank you. 
A lovely chamber jazz session. This from Stavros Lancias and his trio live at St. Paul's Anglican Church in Athens. Stavros, uh, one of the top names in Greece as a jazz performer and composer for orchestra and film, with a fascinating trio of him on piano, glockenspiel and percussion, Yorgos Kaloudis on cello, Uda, tabla and bendia. What is a bendia? I'm not sure. Not a bent ear. And Andreas Polyzogopoulos on trumpet and flugelhorn. Very nice indeed. It is very ECME, and you wouldn't think it was live, would you? It was so clean, that recording, that until you hear the applause, you'd have sworn, at least I would have sworn, it was a studio set. Very nice. Right, uh, I told you I'm keeping him with a vaguely Japanese theme in my other music outside of uh, Trish. And uh, this one, well, pack up, I'm coming for you, or pack up, coming for you. It's the latest from Thomas Fujiwara and an album called March. Good stuff, I like his things, quite free, lots of uh, electronic guitars, quite a bit of sort of overkill on it. Have a listen.
Hi, I'm Zoe Rahman. You're listening to Jumping In on Manx Radio with Chris and H. Did I get that right?
Yes, gypsy jazz at its best. It's the latest uh, from Hiromi on her Silver Lining Suite. It's not all like that. Some of it's much more classical, more third stream than Hiromi in many ways, and a good uh, amount of jazz thrown in. It's, uh, yes, the Silver Lining Suite Hiromi Piano Quintet. It's basically Hiromi with a string quartet, as you might have gathered there, and that one, Ribiera del Duero. Almost thrown in for fun, you, you might wonder. Before that... It was uh, Thomas Fujiwara. I'm a bit of a fan of his. I'm growing on on with his music, I must admit, after uh, his previous release. This is one just called March. His triple-double ensemble I enjoyed earlier on with Mary Halverson follows off the back of that. Two guitarists, Mary Halverson, Brandon Seabrook, two trumpets, Ralph Alessi and Taylor Hobynum uh, on cornet, actually, and then Gerald Cleaver also playing drums alongside Thomas Fujiwara. It's powerful. It's quite often in your face. Uh, and... I rather like it. It's uh, well worth checking out. March uh, it was recorded just before lockdown, but only released in March of this year. Where else could you get such a fantastic and eclectic mix of music? Well, the Easter Bunny has just about caught up with us. Thanks to Trish Clues for taking the time out of her busy touring schedule to talk with us. And good luck for the album launch next Wednesday at the Wigmore Hall. We've just about time to leave you with a track from classical jazz crossover guitarist Diego Barber, here joined by Craig Taborn on a track from his 2021 release, Drago, very kindly sent to us from Sunnyside Records. Here's Cold Spring. Let's hope it warms up. Oh, we're all on summer. Cheerio. <laughs>